our Guys in Short Sports Los Angeles. Every week on this very podcast, we bring you the meat and potatoes of L.A. sports. All the good stuff. Hey, be sure you're following us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. If you're not on Twitter because you're over 14 years old, you can also find us on any other social media site. On the show this week, we'll of course give you updates on the Dodgers and Angels, but... We also have a couple things to discuss that I think could get interesting. First off, in light of the fact that it's the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup, and L.A. is nowhere near the conversation, we thought it'd be fun to give our guys in short sports take on our favorite playoff moments from L.A. sports. And there's there's a lot of them. There's a bunch. We actually asked you, the listeners, and uh, you guys tweeted and Facebook messaged us with a bunch. So we're going to read through them, give our thoughts. That'll be fun. But second item on the agenda, and I'm just going to tease this one. Ben and I are getting some therapy. What? Yes. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, my gosh. I, I, that's all I'm saying right now. I have no clue what to expect, but it's going to be good. And anytime I'm going into therapy, I have to have a couple of drinks before I go in. So I'm, I'm, I'm two glasses of whiskey deep right now. Oh, you mean this isn't your first therapy session? Uh, no, I would never admit to it if it were. <laughs> I love it. Let's get it started. I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Ben Garcia. Hoopty hoo. And that's it. That is it tonight. It's yeah. just the two of us. Yeah, everyone else bailed on us. Ah, those losers. Corner Good. of the galaxy, my Good. ass. Yeah, hammer. Of course... If you like uh, Hammer and his Galaxy updates, you can hear him over on Corner of the Galaxy this week with good old Josh Guessman. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, so Ben and I, we we tend to we tend to have our differences on this show. On everything. Me me being, you know, the voice of the people, you know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the positive. I'm I'm the glasses half full guy. The yeah. the rainbows and butterflies, as you guys have dubbed it. That's true. And and Ben, you know, tends to take, in his words, the, the uh, realistic approach. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, which could be the more pessimistic view. We like to say he's protecting himself, right? Um, and in some cases, I am. But yeah, in, yeah. in most cases, I like to think that I'm fair and balanced. Yeah. Well, you like to think that. <laughs> no one else likes to think that, but you do. Yes. So we thought it would be fun, seeing as how the rest of these fools bailed on us. I don't know where. Vic and Darren are on their lover's rendezvous, but yeah, uh, yeah they seem to miss all the time together. All the time. Yep. But uh, we thought it'd be fun to bring my fiance in, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, to help Ben and I work through some of our issues. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. We'll 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 do that later on in the show. How are you gonna feel when she takes my side on some things? Oh, she's <laughs> I, I will feel devastated. <laughs> I will not feel good at all. Uh, you know what? We're both going to end up crying and talking about our parents somehow. <laughs> that, that's, I hope that's not how it goes. Oh, my gosh. Before we get started, did you hear that the Golden Knights, regardless of whether they win yes. the Stanley Cup or not, yes, are going to do a parade? Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> Your thoughts, Ben? That is like giving trophies to the fifth place team in a five person league. Like, it does, I mean, it's ridiculous. Our entire culture as a country is you deserve a ribbon and a trophy and a parade for just making the big game, whether you get your ass kicked or not. And that is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to take that. I think it's great 
side. So I'd love to hear why. Any excuse to have a parade is a great reason. Really? Vic and Darren love parades. Yeah, well, I mean. They went to one in Long Beach. They're questionable people that are missing (laughs) at the same time every time. So I'm just, I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm just saying that's typically your, your, your. I'm going to, I'm going to give an argument and you're going to hate my stance even more. All right. What is it? I'm an angel fan. As you know. Yes. The angels, we love our baseball. Yep. We love our Your waterfall, yep. and we love our fireworks. We will light okay. fireworks off for anything, any sort of reason. Yeah. Attendance record, fireworks. Somebody hit a home run, fireworks. Yeah, Big Bang Saturday. We win, fireworks. Big Bang Saturday, fireworks. Yes. We'll shoot fireworks off for anything. I love it. Totally different. Who loves parades? Everyone loves parades. Okay, let me ask you this. On New Year's Eve, when you wake up, are you excited to watch the parade? Or, hold on. Or is the parade just on in the background beca- to give you ambient noise because it's festive and it makes you feel like you're in the holiday spirit? All right. I, I mean, okay. If you fair love, enough. If you love parades and if the people love parades, they would actually sit down and watch the parade. You have the parade on in the background as ambient noise to feel like you're in the holiday what's, spirit. What's your favorite thing in the world? Oh, but, uh, you know, beer. Uh, beer. I, I think beer beer's one of them. If there was a parade for beer, wouldn't you be excited about that? Yeah, it's called Mardi Gras. <laughs> and who doesn't love Mardi Gras? It's different. It's about drinking. It's not about floats. It's not about baton tours. But if you're a Golden Knights fan, yeah. this is your first season. Yeah. And there's a parade. I yeah. feel like I feel like that doesn't do okay, any harm. Can I All take right. a take a second to walk you through this? So if you are a fan of the Golden Knights and you live in Las Vegas and today is 110 degrees and your team loses. <laughs> no, I'm not. Are I'm you not gonna going. go out? To a parade while it's 110 degrees to go watch a team that took second place in the league? The answer is no. I'm, I'm it's a bad idea. not going to go, but I'm going to feel warm inside knowing, well, because it's 110 degrees for one, but also knowing that it's going on and that there's thousands of, of people there braving the heat. Thousands of people. You're going to have some, some, some people that live in Las Vegas that may be down there, but for the most part, it's probably going to be people from out yeah, of town tourists, who don't care. they'll be so, excited. But it's, it's just another, it's another reason to like Las Vegas, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk some Dodgers. You got, uh, you got a Dodger update? You got to do the heavy lifting today. Vic isn't here? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I had to prepare. You going to do a Galaxy update? No, not today. <laughs> I had to prepare Dodger stuff, man. I didn't have time to prepare the Galaxy. That's right. So after the Dodgers beat the Padres two out of three, they they went on to split a four-game set with the Philadelphia Phillies uh, at Dodger Stadium. Uh, After that, they went on the road. Uh, They swept the first-place Colorado Rockies. But sort of the notable on that series was that they scored 33 runs in three games. Oh, my gosh. So I had made mention a few weeks ago that it was the Dodgers hitting when they come back that Mm -hmm. was going to kind of get them through the lull of this part of the season until the pitching comes back. So when you you take that into consideration, and then tonight they went out and they beat the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates 5 to nothing behind Ross Stripling and then four shutout innings from the bullpen, you know, it's the hitting that's going to kind of keep them going. And I'd like to take a second here to talk a little bit about Ross Stripling. Uh, right now, he's he's kind of the ace on the staff. And, la- I mean, he came in this season as their seventh best starter. And so in his last three outings, he went 6.2 innings, seven innings, and five innings. And total give- has given up only two runs. Oh, wow. So right now, his season uh, ERA is at 1.68. So he's been the lone bright spot in the Dodgers rotation where 
everybody else seems to be kind of falling off. So uh, Alex Wood right now is... Would Vic disagree with that if he was here? No, I think I think Vic would probably agree with me, which makes me think that I'm wrong. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's where it stands. Yeah. Uh, so Alex Wood right now continues to struggle. He's been having a really difficult season. And so for all that talk last year that Vic was saying, oh, he's the real deal and, and all these guys are the real deal, this is why you want to see a couple of years of... Of, of 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 work before you you can deem them the real deal. So right now it's not looking like he's the real deal. Uh, the other the other notable is that uh, Kenta Maeda uh, went out and he had uh, what I think an inning and a half of, of work and they had to remove him because of a strained hip. Ooh. So he went on the DL. Mm. So already you've got so you, you've got uh, Kenta Maeda, you've got Hinjin Ryu. And then you had Captain Unreliable come back after an elbow injury, and then he went and proceeded to go back on the disabled list because of a strained lower back. So, I mean, when you look at the start, the Dodger starting rotation, it's it's it's, it's a skeleton right now. It's not what we ever. It's not what we envisioned going into the season. So, right now, Ross Stripling is our ace. Uh, we're hoping that Walker Bueller, after a, a rough start this weekend, uh, can get it back together and continue to pitch well. Uh, they went ahead and they acquired a, a pitcher from the Mets, and I, I can't remember his name uh, earlier last week, and they optioned him to AAA. So I think the Dodgers management realizes right now that it's pitching that needs to kind of come in to help them out. And it's, it's not even about a big name right now. Right now, they just need arms because they're they're at a point right now with the bullpen being worked and and all these starters that are going out that they're having to option people up from AAA just to do spot starting or to even just oh, give wow. them a couple of innings because right now their arms are just wasted. And so if they can get through this this tough stretch and their hitting can continue to uh, carry them, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be – they'll be there at the end of the season. And so today, for the first time, I think, since the beginning of the season, they're at 500. And wow. so, yeah. So, I mean, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Vic and I were talking about this was the worst start in Dodgers history yep. in the last, I don't know, 50 years or something yep. like that. So here we are two weeks later and they've, they've dug themselves out of a large hole. They're a couple games back in the division. The division again, still isn't very good. And so their hitting is good enough to be able to just keep a minute and we'll, we'll wait for these pitchers to come back. And I hope that Clayton Kershaw takes off at least until like late to mid late uh, late or mid to late August. Okay. Because at this point, all you need for him is a few tune-ups before you go into the playoffs. And if the Dodgers are close enough in contention in their division, there's no reason to bring him back early. Give him that opportunity to rest up. And the other thing you're doing is you're saving these guys' arms, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just play rainbows and butterflies here for a oh, second. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And that is that – if you take your horses, the guys that you're supposed to depend on in the playoffs. Now, last year, all these guys had 200 innings on their arms. So by the time they got to game seven of the World Series, their bodies were just physically tired. So if we can get through this, the hitting can keep us going, and we can bring these pitchers back late July, early August, mid-August, late August, give them five or six good starts before you hit that playoff run, that's just enough for their bodies to get nice and fluid tonight to feel confident that their that, that, that their bodies are doing what they want it to be doing and to go in the playoffs and you know it's it almost seems like seasons like this are the ones where you can turn it around and and it can become a 30 for 30 right sure it, it's very very yeah. it's very rare that you see a team that goes wire to wire that's the best team on the first day the best team on the last day it's the teams that have those trials and tribulations throughout the season so 
what what we may be going through, and we talked about it last season with the Dodgers and that slump and everything, is that maybe this is that 30 for 30. And it'll be a two-season story. Like you lose that playoff and then you come back, you have a really crappy beginning of the season and you get it together. So who knows where the hell this thing is going. But it's it's that's why that's why they play the games. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys have uh, rounded the corner and, and it's on the upswing. At least we're hitting. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Angels, uh, we're we're not fantastic, but we're not terrible either. We're actually uh, six and four in the last 10. I think we're six and four. We won tonight. I wrote these notes before we won. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you don't we, know is if that 10th game was a win or a loss. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you can look it up. Um so we're uh, 34 and 28. We're in third Wait, behind so, Houston. So, Seattle's in first place. So you guys are six games up, and the Dodgers are at 500. You remember the disparity in records oh, yeah. just two weeks ago? So yeah. you guys haven't been playing well. Not well at all. Well, we we hit a huge slump where just nothing was firing. We've been we've been kind of doing decent lately. Trout, Trout hit a slump, and we went as trout went yeah wasn't but he like he's, 0 for 28 or 0 for oh, 29 yeah. or something it was awful yeah it was awful it was like his longest slump in in his career but uh but he's rounded the corner he's back he's uh back being the home run leader in MLB with 19 home runs batting 316 and i guarantee you nobody in major league baseball knows that except for like three angels fans <laughs> that actually follow there's more than three angels fans that know that you, Darren, and maybe one other person. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Mike Araujo. It's just the three he of you guys. for sure. You know what? Everybody else- just Roger like, Lodge knows it. Just like, okay, four. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> but it's just like the parades, right? You Angels fans, you just put it on for ambient noise in the background so that you you know, you know feel like you're in a party atmosphere. You know what? That is not fair at all. Yes, there are probably fans that do that. But I would argue, percentage-wise, there's just as many Dodger fans that do that. No, actually, no, I take that back because you're Dodger fans. You guys can't watch your team on TV. No, real fans actually subscribe to direct or not direct TV, uh, to uh, Time Warner or Spectrum, whatever mm-hmm. the hell they're called now. Yeah. Yeah. Real fans do that, not yeah. me. <laughs> right. Real fans go to games, uh, not I'm, you. No, I'm going to a game actually in two weeks. Are you? Yeah. It'll be my first game in li- uh, live this season. How are you going to get through the traffic to the stadium? Uh, Tranquilizers. Well, so I'm actually, Uber. oh, I'm actually on vacation right now, so I may actually travel up to LA before rush hour, <laughs> have a couple of beers, and then Uber from there over into the stadium. So <laughs> I'll figure it out. Other than that, the, the other bright spot in uh, the Angels lineup is kind of the come up of Jose Briseño. He's a backup catcher that we brought up, and and he's been. Lighten the ball up. He's batting three thirty three, only twelve at bats, but he's got two home runs in that. <laughs> so he's a real deal. He's, Vic, he's, Vic would call oh, yeah, him the real, real deal. deal. Real deal. Oh, yep. Here we yep. Go. I like this kid, and uh, I think he's somebody to watch. Uh, unfortunately, he's a catcher, so we have a catcher. So we'll see what Sosha does with him. Who's your Who's your ace on your staff right now? Is it Garrett Richards? I mean, Tyler Skaggs has been the best picture pitcher we've had this season. And does because I know historically, like in baseball, usually your backup catcher catches for your ace, and there's two reasons for that. One is because your ace has a dedicated catcher, where uh-huh. the rest of the staff has to share a catcher, so they're able to work with that guy and really, you know, develop a rapport with them. So yeah. that's why I was asking because if this guy's a backup catcher, 
you know, yeah. you know, is is he is he actually who's he catching for? And, and I guess maybe that that answers your question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I never paid attention to that. But, you know, it's it's one of those <laughs> old things. And and now, and, I mean, and to be honest with you, like it seems like with sapermetrics and all that, that a lot of the the historic things are changing. So maybe that's not the case. But I yeah. know that in the past, that's how it used to be. Yeah. So there we go. That's that's baseball. Let's talk playoffs. Yeah. We do not have a team in the playoffs, but that doesn't stop us from from talking about the days of old. Well, let me ask you this. When Jeff. LA had teams in the playoffs. Well, so that, that's kind of where this question was going. And that is, which team has the best chance at winning the next championship? Ooh, good question. And I ask you because, I mean, I know every team is next year. So that's why I'm asking you, like, yeah. of all the teams that are going to win the next year, is it just, you know, the the win, the first yeah. month, the, the, the team that plays in the first right. month? Right, yeah, yeah. So it'll be the Rams, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because it's in January? <laughs> yeah, right. The Angels and then the Rams. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, Lakers are still who knows how far off. You guys, if you can round the corner, the Dodgers get hot at the right time, I think you definitely have a shot to do it. Yeah. The Angels, I'm not even going to pretend. And it's a killer because, and we'll save this for another day, but I think it's come true where Pujols is killing this team. Oh, that's you. a teaser for another day. Ben and, I, <laughs> ben and I have a bet going that the Angels will not win a World Series while Pujols is under contract. Yeah. And that bet was made the day that Pujols signed the contract. And just because it's a tease, I won't dig any further into it. But that makes me excited that that's going to be a topic here coming up. <laughs> How about you? Who's winning the next LA championship? You know, all jokes aside, I actually think it's probably a toss-up between the Dodgers and the Rams. Oh, we agree. Because we agree again. Well, because the yeah because the Rams you guys really made a splash this off season and mm-hmm. I think building off of the team that you had last year I think that it's not without or out of the realms of possibility that you guys could actually do do some damage sure. in the NFC this year uh, the Eagles are still going to be a good team though you'll still have to go through them but I, I think there's a possibility that the Rams could actually do well this year and then mm-hmm. like you had mentioned with the Dodgers it's like they've got the talent. It's yeah. just a matter of putting it together, and right now it's it's just about getting healthy, and uh, you know we'll we'll see how that well that turns out. But I think those would be the two teams that would probably be closest to winning. Nice, even, All right. even though you said it as a joke. <laughs> I I meant it. I meant it as much as it pains me. Let's talk about great moments in L.A. playoff history. Yes. Uh, so on Twitter. We tweeted out the question and asked you, the listener, what some of your favorite moments are. Uh, one that gets a lot of love is Magic and his junior skyhook to burn the Celtics. Anytime the Lakers can beat the Celtics is a yeah. good is is a good uh, is a good day. So I, I think it was eighty seven because if I remember right, eighty eight they played the Pistons, but in that that game it was in the Boston Garden, and I remember Magic getting the ball. And Magic has always been known for passing, and that particular play—if you watch the—if you watch the the highlight reel of it—is he goes across the middle, and Magic, the guy that is always willing to pass, uh, Robert Parrish, who was guarding Kareem, comes off to double team Magic, leaving Kareem wide open. All he had to do was just toss the ball near the rim, and Kareem would have gone and and dunked it. But the fact that he didn't do that, he went across the lane and he throws in the right-handed jump hook in the middle of the lane over Robert Parrish. 
is like lore of of, of Laker oh, history yeah. because that was the day that it became Magic's team because up to that point it was always the captain. Kareem was was the captain of the team. He was the best player in the league. You know, eventually when he retired, he had the most points scored in the history in the playoffs, which I guess LeBron just surpassed him. But but the thing is, is that that's the day that it became Magic's team. And so that to me was that they beat the Celtics, they beat them in Boston, and that it became Magic's team. That's That was a fantastic play. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to Eric Cruz and John Marquez for uh, writing that one in. Another Magic moment, as long as we're talking about him, was... Written in from Mike Sexton, who wrote Magic Johnson playing center in the NBA Finals and scoring 42 points. Yeah, so that's a little before my time. Unfortunately, Vic probably would be able to elaborate a little bit more. <laughs> but but the, the thing about that one that was, that was so special was that back then, you didn't leave college early. You played four years. And so Magic ended up only playing two years at Michigan State before he became eligible in the NBA draft. So Larry Bird at the time was a four-time uh, college a collegiate athlete. So he, you know, he he obviously graduated. So Magic left early. So at the time he was only twenty to twenty-one years old, and here he found himself in the NBA Finals. The captain of the team goes down in the middle of the series. Yeah, and he sits in his chair in the airplane. He looks at everybody else and he says, "We're gonna win it in six. We're we're gonna win this game." Every Laker fan, and I think even even the Lakers players, thought to themselves, "This next game is a throwaway. Let's just hope Captain gets healthy so he can come back and help us later in the series." And Magic looked at everybody and said, "No, we're going to win it now." And then goes out and plays every position, scoring forty-two points. Now, for those of you who were Magic fans like I was back in the day, Magic wasn't known for his scoring. He wasn't going to go out and score forty-two a night. Magic was a guy that would give you eighteen to twenty points give you, you know, 12 to 15 dimes and pull down six or seven boards. That's who he was. He got others involved, but he took the team on his back at 20 years old, and that's what makes it special. Yeah. Here's one written in from Dr. Danny Garcia at Garcia Chiropractic, your brother. Yes. Jose Lima calling victory and then pitching a game three shutout of the Cardinals. Walked off the mound, pointing his finger, and you could read his lips. I told you. That was a great moment, and it, unfortunately, it it didn't really in the whole grand scheme of Dodger history, it isn't. the the pro the, the the greatest thing about that game was it was the first playoff game that the Dodgers won since '88, and if I remember right, that was like in the early 2000s. So the Dodgers had been like 15 to 18 years or something without winning a single game in the playoffs. And in that series, they played the St. Louis Cardinals, and they were down two games to zero in a five-game series. And Jose Lima was going out to pitch game three. So the Dodgers were either going to get swept, which they had been swept several times in the playoffs after the 88 series and before this this series. And so basically Lima goes out and he goes, I'm going to be a man. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pitch the game of my life and we're going to win. So he goes out and does exactly what he says. And it was great because it kind of got that monkey off our back. Like we, we finally won a playoff game, but then we turn around and we lose game four, we lose a series and, and that was it. So you can't really call that one of the greatest because it didn't turn into a championship. But yeah. I agree with my brother watching that game because I remember watching it with my family. That was a great game because it was it was our first you know taste of victory in the playoffs in like 15 years. It's tough because a truly great moment, a truly great, great moment, not only is it great in that moment, but it's also it, it 
it changes the momentum of things. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking of like the Derek Fisher what, right. point point four. Point four shot. Amazing. Like incredible. And in that moment it was just insane. Yep. But then of course they lost and or right. they didn't go on to win. Right. In that series. And so And I'll tell you, had the Lakers won the championship that year, I think that point four would have been probably brought up in yeah. a different light than it's being brought up right now. Yeah. But then you look at the Robert Ori oh. shot against the Kings, which I think is is that top one or two? Okay, so that, that's Kirk my, Gibson that, is is no, no Robert Ori's is my really. Favorite. So Ben has a picture on his wall yeah. of Robert Ori making so that there, shot. So there's a backstory to this. So at the time, this was in 2002. I had just graduated from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and. Uh, being in San Luis Obispo, there's a large contingent of Southern California students that mm-hmm. come up from the Los Angeles and San Diego area. And there's a large contingent that come from the Bay Area. Okay. And all of the Bay Area students were Sacramento Kings fans. And all of us Southern California guys were Lakers fans. So there was a big rivalry amongst the students and friends, groups of friends uh-huh. in San Luis Obispo. And so all we did for many years, if you remember, like this goes back to the you know early 2000s, this was like three or four years in the making. All we did was we talked shit to each other. And that particular game, the Dodgers, the, the Dodgers, the Lakers were down by over 20 points in the first half. And this was in game four at home in Los Angeles. If the Lakers lose this, they go down 3-1 going back to Sacramento. That's a position that you didn't want to be in because this Sacramento team was – I think that year they were the best team in the league. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I because they were strong. I think I think that you have to go through this misery to really understand what it takes to win. And they had gone through that misery. So, you know, the Lakers they the benefit that the Lakers had was they had won it before. They knew how to win it. The Kings were trying to go over that hump. And so this was this is why it was such a great series. So I get a phone call at halftime from one of my buddy's dads. And, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And he's like, I remember this. He's like, your boys are going to go down tonight. My Kings are going to win the championship. And he's ta- he starts talking all this shit. And I just, I told him, I said, Randy, I go, listen, we got 24 minutes to play. If you, if we lose, you can call me in 24 minutes, but we're going to come back and we're going to beat you guys. And yeah. he's like, no way, whatever. So we watched the third quarter and, and, and I don't remember the exact details, but somebody from the Lakers hit a three-pointer as time was expiring to go into the fourth quarter. And I think it made it like a 17-point game or something like that. So the Lakers were still down by quite a bit. And they end up just nicking and, and just kind of making a shot here, getting a defensive stop. And then all of a sudden, it's like at the very end of the game, it's a game. Yeah. So if, if you guys remember, and I remember the play like it was yesterday. It was 11 seconds left. It was an outbounds play. It goes to Kobe. Kobe drives. He gets fouled. They don't call it. Ball comes off the rim. Shaquille grabs the rebound. He puts it back up. He gets fouled. They don't call it. Vlade just swats the ball. He's just trying to get it away from from the basket. And it just, lo and behold, it falls into Robert Ory's hands. His time is expiring. He lines himself up, takes the shot. Chris Weber extends that arm trying to block him. Goes right over it, swish as time expires, and Staples Center just erupts, right? So I'm I'm sitting with all my friends, and and all the Lakers fans are just like, we're just overjoyed, right? We don't even know what to do with ourselves. And you can just see the pain in, in our friends. <laughs> and it was it was just like this divisive moment. I mean, and I remember all of our windows were outside. And and this was back when like everybody was watching, you know, the same feed, right? This was before the phones and before the internet and all this stuff. And everybody was watching. So you could hear all the windows that were open because this is the middle of summer. 
every house in the neighborhood just explodes because you know everybody's watching this game. Like it was so significant. And then the fact that that was the game that eventually led them, you know, to win the championship was just great. Yeah. So so now I find myself like five or six years later, I'm at Staples Center watching a Lakers game. And I come across this poster of Robert Ori. It's a signed poster by Robert Ori of the shot. And it was like 200 bucks or $250 or something like that. And I had just got a job and I, and I just needed money to waste. And I was like, I'm going to buy this just because I can. Yes. So that's been in my, it was in my house for several years. And I got married. It's been a got, fixture for, yeah. I got relegated to the garage. But that, that is my favorite play of all time. That was a great I one. still watch, in fact, to this day, my buddy Randy that calls me every May 26th, I send him a text <laughs> that says happy Robert Ori day with the YouTube link. Yes. And so this year he, he, he wrote me back. And so I took a picture next to that poster and I sent it to him. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he, he hates me for it. And he'll never, he'll never live that phone call down. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But yeah, those, those, those moments that just change the momentum of things. And, and I know you're going to hate this one, but uh, Scott Spezio Game six of the Angels Giants World Series knocks one out, and and it was a moment that you watched it and you just you felt like this this is our game. Well, we're that, that we're going to win this. That whole season, there was there was a camaraderie amongst the Angels fan, the, the Angels team that I had never seen before, and it was contagious because I, I remember actually watching that team liking the angels. What? No, I did. You never told me. No. <laughs> eh, who knows? That's fair. I probably didn't tell you cause you would just never let me live it down. But, <laughs> but there were, there was an element to Might that team true. that, that made them likable. And that was yeah. the fact that they just rallied behind each other. And they were just, you could tell that they yeah. were the type of team that when they went out, they went out together. Yeah, that there wasn't fa- there wasn't you know sections of team that was like well you know we're 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 gonna hang out with this group you're gonna hang out with that group yeah. and, and then we'll get back together for the game like these guys were all together and that was very contagious and and that was a great moment for you guys yeah huge moment and and I I just remember thinking you know it's like we're gonna this is ours there's no yeah. way we're losing well and you know the other the, the other player team. that you know, that not a lot of people mentioned was K-Rod because that was his first year coming out of the minors. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he Huge. wasn't a closer at the time because you guys had Troy Percival. Yep. But, you know, he was giving you guys innings that you were not expecting. Not and, at all. And he was, he was, his ERA was low and he was, he was dependable. And he was that bridge between your, your starter and Percy. Yep. And so it was, it was just a collective team effort. That, yeah. that team was, was very special. Oh, it was. Oh, it was amazing. Shout out to Jason Gallo and John Marquez for bringing that one up. Uh, I mean, as long as we're talking baseball, that pales in comparison to the moment that I think most people would probably consider the greatest moment in L.A. playoff Kurt Gibson. history. And that's, of course, yeah. the Kurt Gibson home run. Shout out to Jordan Heckman and Chris Camello, friend of the show. Yeah. You remember watching that? You remember where you were? I was at home with watching it with my dad. Yeah. And if if I remember right, they were down uh, four to three. And Mike Davis had just got a walk. He was on first. And he only got a – and actually, I don't remember the walk itself, but I remember watching a 30 for 30 or something going through – because Mike Davis actually worked – or he was an Oakland A the year before. Okay. And he actually had a hell of a season. So Dennis Eckersley wanted to pitch him carefully. Because he knew that he had power and that he could tie the game with one swing. 
But Mike Davis for the Dodgers that year was only batting like 180 or something. He was having a horrible season. So by the by by the fact that he was being careful with him, he walked and put him on first base. And so then obviously Lasorda makes the the call to to pull up Gibson. And as part of that 30 for 30, which you know we learned years later, Dodgers scouts had actually been watching Eckersley. And they came up with a tell. They always knew that if he needed an out pitch, they knew what that pitch was and they knew what its location was. So the scout had actually come up to uh, uh, Kurt Gibson in the locker room while he was warming up. And he basically tells Gibson, he says, listen, if you get to him, if you get him to this count, this is the pitch that you're going to get. And this is the location that it's going to be. Wow. So Kurt Gibson comes up. And if you remember, if you watch the at-bat, he fouls off several pitches, but he gets he works it to the count that he wants, knowing that Eckersley is going to come in with this pitch. Uh-huh. And the only way that Gibson was going to hit that home run, based on his just the, the physical part of his body being broken down, was that if he knew what that pitch was going to be and where the location was. Yeah. And sure enough, just like the Dodger scout had said, when he got that count, he got the pitch. And because he knew where that pitch was, he was able to put Goodwood on the bat, went opposite field, and, and took it out. Uh-huh. And that... And, and I, I have chills. Yeah, I just talking. It's about wonderful. It. And so I remember, and now back at twelve years old. So I'm watching the game, and I remember being a huge Dodgers fan and being a, a big Gibson fan. So I told my dad when Gibson comes up, I was like, "This is it. Gibson's going to hit a two run home run. We're going to win the game. It's going to be great." My dad looks at me and he says, "The guy can't even walk." He goes, "You think this guy's going to hit? A, he's going to strike out? The Dodgers are going <laughs> to lose." That's where you get it from. It is. It is. <laughs> And sure enough, he hits the home run. And so, I'm, of course, I'm like on cloud nine and I tell yeah. my dad, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> but no, I, you know, listen, when you call enough home runs, eventually it's going to happen. And that one was, I'd say probably 1A to the Robert, or 1B to the Robert Ori yeah. shot. That yeah. that was just wonderful. Well, Jonathan Gonzalez tweeted us and I think his tweet sums up exactly what you felt. Kurt Gibson was one of my earliest vivid sports memories. I came unglued in my parents' living room. Yep. That's a good one. Martin Alba. Dean! Yeah, wrote in uh, the 1983 Los Angeles Raiders versus Washington Redskins. You remember that? You know, I remember the rivalry between those two teams. Uh, The 83 season was a little before my time, so I don't quite recall that season or that player, what he's talking about. Maybe Vic would be able to comment a little bit better on that, but... Uh, <laughs> because he's old, right? Because he's old. <laughs> but uh, I remember my dad back then being a huge Raiders fan, which is where I got it from. And then all of a sudden he changed, became a Rams fan. I don't know why. But um, at the time he used to record them on VHS. And so we had several Rams or Raiders and, and Redskins games that I remember growing up as a kid watching and stuff. But I, I don't recall that that year. <laughs> but that was a yeah. great rivalry back then. Yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, moments we don't remember or don't, have any commentary on Kings realms guys, of course had to bring up the first time the Kings won the cup. Yeah. Well, that's always special. Oh yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this from an angels perspective, you guys went how many seasons, 40 seasons before you win in 2002, 2002. Yes. As a fan, how did that feel winning, getting that monkey off your back? Right. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, so even though we're not necessarily Kings fans where we watch all the games and we know, you know, that particular yeah. moment that they're talking about, but to win your first championship, that's just, oh, it's yeah. a, like as a Lakers fan, they won them, you know, years before I was a fan, Dodgers fan, same thing, you know, but, but to be a fan and to kind of see them through for the first time, that's just, yeah. that's just one of those moments you'll never forget. Oh yeah, for sure. No, con- congrats to them. I got to read uh, John Marquez's 
message on Facebook because, uh, well, James Whitlock said we need to read it. Magic's Baby Skyhook 87. Kareem going super captain Skyhook on Celtics in 85. Raiders 84 win over Skins when Marcus Allen did the return. Gibson Homer, Spees at bat game six. Ducks win, Kings win twice. Sparks, Galaxy for five. The SC Bush push. Oh, that's a great one. So many great LA moments, but got to go with LA Extreme winning XFL gold. You know, Vic isn't here. We needed somebody to come up with some yeah, ridiculous right. thing. Of all the championships, the XFL, John Marquez, we need to take your Facebook privileges away. <laughs> hey, we are the only XFL champion. I feel like that's something to brag about. Yeah, apparently they're coming back, and uh, Andrew Luck's dad's going to be the new commissioner. <laughs> I'm serious. Is that right? Yeah. I, there was an what? article that just came out yesterday that said he was going to be the new commissioner of the XFL. What is Andrew Luck's dad I don't Do. know. I don't know. He's Andrew Lux. The... Hey, maybe they should get LeVar Ball to be the vice president. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Manning dad to be uh, like the, the junior vice president. Yeah. Great moments. That's a lot of them. Uh, we could go on, I'm sure, more. And I'm sure you guys will tweet us more that we missed. Please do. Because in this time when L.A. doesn't have a team in the playoffs, it's nice to relive the glory days. And we need more material for our next podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ben and I have some therapy to get to, but before we do, we got to mention our friends at... O'Malley's. O'Malley's on Main. That's right. Uh, Beer, bangers and mash. What else do they have at Irish pubs? They have... Lovely garden. A nice motif. You know, like... Really nice. Yeah, it's this nice hardwood that you would expect at an Irish bar... (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. there's a certain what, there's a certain look to an Irish bar, and yeah. they fit the bill. They fit the bill, and during playoffs, I'm sure they have all the games going. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to you're looking for a place to watch uh, the Knights Caps or the Cavs Warriors? Go check out O'Malley's on Main. They're good for happy hour after work. They're good at night. They're great on weekends. Yeah. Anytime, go to O'Malley's. And Ben's favorite night. Uh, trivia night. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now is the part of the show that uh, we've all been waiting for. We're, we've all been waiting for. I, I feel a little nervous. Are you nervous, Ben? A little. You yeah. seem a little more nervous than yeah. than usual. I mean, was it the fidgeting of the hands, the fidgeting of the feet? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. I'm this, a little the nervous. sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> About to find out why I don't like myself. So we'd like to welcome to the show... My lovely fiance, licensed marriage and family therapist, Lori Kelstrom. Stand on the ovation. Yeah. That's nice. I'll stand up for that. That's nice. Woo! Thanks. Thanks Literally for... standing up. Yeah. That's what full we dis- do. Full disclosure, it's like 10 o'clock at night right now, which is <laughs> which is about four hours past Lori's bedtime. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, I'm half awake. But she agreed to come in here and, and help Ben and I kind of sort out our differences. How's this work, babe? I mean, doctor. I mean, Miss <laughs> I mean, Ms. Kelstrom. Is this like an initial session? So I guess you would treat us like we're, you know... Um, I mean, we're not a couple, but... But like you know, a couple. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. so Ben and I, we've known each other since high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like Ben's always lived in my shadow because I was always right. the athlete with a yeah. really good body. And like yeah. he... All right. That I, there, I was right. a little jealous of him at times. Yeah, <laughs> We're opposites. I'm the man. That I am... 
No, you are not the man. <laughs> like the pictures with his uh, shirt off. I'm the, the man school, in this relationship. His shirt's off in the high school. <laughs> yeah, that's how I roll. Just saw that. Yeah, yeah that's how I roll. Yeah, Ben, Ben couldn't keep his shirt on in high school. Yeah, but uh, you know, Ben is the glasses half empty, and I am the glasses half full, and that that uh, on the show becomes a conflict sometimes, and and I think we'd like kind of like to find some common ground where we can you know not damage our our relationship. Right. What we need is somebody to listen that doesn't have an agenda that just says yeah you're right and you're wrong in this situation. Mm. That's it's, what we're looking that's, for. That's that's how therapy works, right? No. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not at all not how at it all. works. Not at all. <laughs> you two close. have been talking the whole time so it's really funny. Like I can't I actually do really want you to go to therapy and see how it would go because you're so and it's not a bad thing but you're you're dominant personalities. Yeah. So it's very difficult to Who who would you say is more dominant? <laughs> me right <laughs> you both have um you both have Ben's individual traits of of dominance oh okay yes yeah. yeah i took a test once in high school and i was the color red i don't know what that means but i was red I don't know. angel red that means you're an angel <laughs> oh, fan shit. Yes. yeah yeah any questions yeah what's a what's a question you would ask like do we want to dig into daddy issues or where do we go first <laughs> yeah that's usually where i first start so oh, tell okay. me about your it's a good icebreaker though. Actually, there is a good one. There's there's a book called, it's called The First Argument Cycle. And okay. so, I mean, legitimate fight, not just like bickering about sports. Like, um, I, I told him to Can bring... I talk about our first fight? Yeah. Was it the one in the bus where I, I, I gave yes. the... <laughs> or the one I threw you up against the wall? <laughs> yeah, I, that was the same day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got my hair pulled out and thrown up against the wall in the same day. <laughs> Ben was having a rough day, and me being the good friend that I am, felt that I needed to exploit that and, and push his buttons. I'm, that's healthy, right? Super. <laughs> you were just being an asshole. For all of our listeners out there, and this is just my take on it, maybe I should be a, a family marriage and family therapist, but I think <laughs> Probably not. that in order for you to be really good friends, you have to have fought at least one time in your life, whether it's like you shove yeah, somebody, you punch them. Something like that. Because like, if, if you don't like them enough to be a friend, you don't care enough when they do something that pisses yes. you off. Yeah. No, I would I would actually agree with that. Even even when it comes to couples, I would agree with that. But like Danny, my best friend, like her and I have, have had disagreements before and, yeah. and made up. But I think because I work with all males right now in my in my mm-hmm. um, at the treatment center that I work at. And it's interesting how you guys actually interact with each other, because I don't know if they're joking or if they're legitimately like bullying one another and a lot of times they're not like yeah. and that's what it looks like like yeah. it looks like they are well, so and you know actually to that point right so i i grew up in a house and this is therapy see this is how it works <laughs> oh yeah so i grew up in a house with all boys Hook, i have, line and sinker I have all brothers and i got a dad right and then I, I move away to college i've always been part of sports teams i had like five different guy roommates so like the whole first like 25 years of my life was very male dominated i was always around other guys yeah so when i was in relationships with girls I would say things to just 
piss them off, right? Or like just just to tweak, like Jeff would do, just tweak their buttons a little bit, right? And that sounds so like something the girls would, do. would get pissed at me. I was right? gonna say, how did that go over? Oh, it yeah. didn't go over well yeah. at all. No. But I always would tell them, I was like, listen, if I'm messing with you, it's because I like you. And I've learned over the years that we, females just don't like yeah. that, right? So, yeah, no. So you guys are definitely different. So yes. without being a part of your work relationship, when guys are giving making fun of each other, it's probably not bullying. It's probably just you know just good hazing here and there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I got a great question. Since we have an LMFT in the house, that's abbreviation for licensed marriage and family therapist. There's a guy out there. He wants to watch the game, but he knows his wife or girlfriend is not going to be happy about it. What are what are some of the the uh, ways he can manipulate her into uh, <laughs> into letting him watch the game? Is that a healthy question uh, for me to ask? It's it's a legitimate question. <laughs> I don't for know about listener. the M word. Oh yeah, we don't say manipulate. Um, no, on, I mean, I yeah, you just no, do it and ask for forgiveness later. That's well, how. Well, and do the it. funny thing is, I actually heard somebody said, you know, it is, it can be manipulation or motivation, right? Oh. So it's just like turning it the other way, but um, to motivate your wife to allow you to oh. watch the game. Okay. I mean, you can be prepping that for a couple of days before. If you know there's a big game on a Saturday, then Thursday and Friday, you better step up your game. Um, meaning, you know, whatever that whatever that means, you know, whether it's cleaning the house, she gets home and you make sure to bring her flowers. The house is clean. The kids are taken care of. She feels pampered and she feels like she gets to de-stress a little bit. And then by the time you ask her on Saturday or whenever the game is on, um, if you can watch the game, she's, yeah, she feels stress-free. She, but wait a minute. She, she says yes without even knowing anything. it. She doesn't have to do anything for me to go to like Target and all the other places that she wants to go. That's a good point. Like she she comes and goes as she pleases. Why do we have to clean the house and tend to the kids and all that kind of stuff? Why do we have to go above and beyond when we, all we want to do is spend? Because three the hours same thing. Well, the same bikes. thing you guys said. Because guys are are different as we're as we're talking about right now in this context. Guys are different than women, right? Women, you guys can like forget about it after three minutes, right? And you can bicker and still get along. And and women are, I think, more emotional. And I don't I don't mean that in a in a bad or yeah. a good way. Yeah. We do need. There is some more tenderness that we need. There is some more attentiveness that we that we need. Yeah. In so then, rap- in a session, I would ask you to repeat what I just said, right? So you like, so you really okay. understand. So you get it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, like oh, okay. So all I have to do is, um, is you know, do the dishes before. But that's do the dishes before, so I can watch the game. But that's not what I said. I said a help- couple days of prepping, prepping. You know, women like to be told, "Oh, you look so great." You're you know what I really? mean? Like just, huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look, you look fantastic. Jeff is taking Thanks. notes right now. That's nice. <laughs> uh, you do a pretty good job, so. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. you put do. a ring on it. You do, Jeff. Mm-hmm. You do a good job telling me how great I am. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe if I told you, because, all right, babe. Yeah, back to us. One, <laughs> one thing that frustrates me with Ben oh, here we is go. that yes. he will show love to... Any sports team, even even ones that he's not a fan of, he doesn't give it freely, but he will show love to any any of the teams except the teams that I love, like the Angels and the Rams. He will not ever give them any sort of love. And it hurts. <laughs> You're soft. <laughs> it really hurts. And I don't appreciate you laughing at me. How does it make you feel? He did. You what? did use the word hurts, though. That was 
wasn't like it interesting makes me, choice it, in words. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It makes me angry. It makes me upset. It was like hurt. It's like oh, that's deep. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I overshot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it sends up like a tiny little red flag in the back of my head, and then I forget about it a few minutes later. But for the those moments, you know what, Jeff? like that tiny. He's little learning flag... his feeling words, and now he's retracting. He yeah. doesn't want to use them with you. No, you know what it is, Jeff, is that it's when you guys actually do well, and and let's say when, I think I actually gave you a compliment when the Angels won the World Series. Like I I reserve it for moments where they're worth it. If I gave it to you all the time, it wouldn't be worth it. So, yeah, I'm gonna shit on you a little bit for the majority of a ten year span, and then you know like. When the sun the sun shines on the dog's ass that one day, I'll give you a compliment, yeah. is, and it'll make you feel like. Is that true is that, though? If I is gave that what it we to call you... mental abuse? <laughs> <laughs> I'm manipulating him. Yeah, motivating. Is that true though? If if you get it, you said if I gave it to you all the time, yeah, it wouldn't be as good. Right, that's true. Don't gotta, let me use this. <laughs> do it. You have to earn it. That makes sense, man. Yeah, he likes to tease it. you. He's a teaser. You just gotta earn yeah, it, man. You just is. gotta earn it. Well, I appreciate it. Do yeah. you, does he? Do you have to earn it? Do you make him earn it? No, I'm I'm rainbows and butterflies. I I uh, I never give Ben a hard time. I'm always very encouraging and loving and nurturing and <laughs> other words that mean <laughs> nice things. I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> He laughs. Uh, and he's uncomfortable. I, I miss Vic in this podcast right now. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah. That's funny though, because I don't actually in in couple sessions I don't use a lot of heavy feeling words with males or even early on because people do actually get really uncomfortable when oh, you yeah. start using lots of feeling words because we don't talk like that. Like in regular life, we're not like yeah. It made me feel. Yeah, we say things like "put your big boy pants on." Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah dust yourself up yeah. you know put Get back up on the on horse it. absolutely yeah. those are the terminology that's the terminology we use yeah that's right yeah. and in therapy that wouldn't work because i well and i don't believe just because of what i do that whole tough love thing i don't see it work i see being in relationship with people just like and and supporting them through whatever it is like that stuff works but we're talking about sports yeah i think sports psychology is super interesting i was watching um I think it was last year I was watching some of the, and I call them kids because they're about 17 years old, uh, do the Olympic trials for snowboarding. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, you really do see the difference in, in, in athletes when they like pout and are angry when they fail at something versus when they, and I think we've had this discussion before, versus when they like internalize it and feel some shame. Yeah. Um, so it's intriguing to me to watch it when they're a younger age and then when they get older and how they how they respond to it because I do think that it I do think that it is a determinant of how their career and like the longevity of it and how it how it plays out because you do have to be able to you know just obviously handle yourself appropriately and that's the hardest part like all these athletes like you know how you have to be careful like especially now like what you tweet and what you Facebook and that's how I feel. Like mm-hmm. we have to be very politically correct. And and it's not a bad thing because I don't always have men and women in my office. You know, it's not it's not your husband or your wife. It's your partner. You yeah. know, like it's um, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's something that is like I have practiced so hard for so many years that it's just it's really interesting. All right. So let me ask you this. If you're a listener. Uh, to the listeners out there, yeah. right? you're in a relationship, like you're married and you're with your wife and, and as guys, we don't, 
necessarily immediately go, hey, maybe we should go to therapy. Talk sure. to those guys for a second. They have to be comfortable with the therapist. Like they have to find someone that they feel like they can easily get along with and talk, you know, talk to. Um, and if they call, like if if the guy was the one contemplating and he actually called and made the appointment, I mean, it just says volumes when they're sitting in the room and there. So definitely the, my biggest suggestion would be if they do decide that they're going to do therapy and they go into the therapist's office and it's not what they expected and they don't really feel like they fit with the therapist. Try somebody else. Try somebody else. I will say this. If you could go to someone that could help you communicate better and make your life easier with your significant other, why wouldn't you do it? Like, sure. that's the best 120 bucks I spent. Well, yeah. and the hard part is that people, it's like sports, right? Like, that's the hard part because, like, pride and because of the stigma with therapy and all that stuff. But if somebody was hitting, right, if it's baseball and somebody's hitting poorly or they're pitching poorly, they're going to keep practicing and keep practicing. Yeah. Well, we just for some reason don't think that relationships are something that we have to practice or we have to try to get better at. But I mean, you're talking about 50, 60 year marriages. Like, of course, there's something you have to practice and get better at and need, whether it's a mentor or a therapist, like you need, you need people to talk to and to bounce things off of and to make sure that you're, you know, that you're doing, that you're playing the game right. Yeah, that's your practice. It's your practice. Yeah. (laughs) You're not, you're not going to so, show up to game day without practice and, and go out and hit a home run. Right. Exactly. You, have to, you have to work at it every day. So so yeah. if I'm hearing all of this correctly, in summation, I'm right and Ben's wrong, right? Is that That's that's more or less what you said. I think said, it was right? more I'm right and you're both kind of right. I think it's what I was I think it's what <laughs> well, I was Well, you are the woman at. in the room, that's, so well, clearly you're right. That's what I want my therapist to say. You know? <laughs> like you call go. a winner and a loser, right? Yeah. So she won, we lost. That's all right, not, fair that, enough. That's, that's not it. Um uh, before we go, Lori, do you have a Galaxy update or anything? This is where we do the Galaxy update. Ben didn't have one. I don't have one. Hammer's not here. Is that basketball? You're good. Just that, say it was a 1-1 one, one tie. Is that basketball? That's soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well Thank done. God I don't work in sports. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, how can our listeners find you if they want to find out more about therapy? Um, yeah, so I have a website, lorikcounseling.com. Um, and then I'm also on psychology today. So, and even if they don't want to come see me, they can always email me and I can give some, some referrals. And we need to change me. that to Wilson Hey-o! on October 13th. Yeah, yeah that's right. I like it. And that day forward, you will lose every argument. Trust me. Oh, I'm already there. He's already, I was just going to, I was, I was just going to say he's already there and that's why we get along. Oh, on that note, we're out of here. We are guys in shorts. Follow us on Twitter at guys in shorts, LA and on Instagram at guys in shorts sports. We're on Facebook, Reddit, our website is guysinshorts.com. Leave a voicemail for us, 562-450-3356. We'll answer all your therapy and sports questions. Lori, you can take the therapy questions. We'll take the sports ones. Yep. We'll keep Ben far away from the therapy ones, clearly. I can answer them. I'll, you know what? If, actually, if you just follow the advice and do the opposite, then you'll probably <laughs> be all right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts and please review us there. Uh, five-star reviews. Yes. We'd appreciate it. That would be great. You can subscribe also and uh, share the show with all your friends, everyone who loves sports and therapy too, apparently. <laughs> come, come to Guys in Short Sports.
That's what we do. Go in with an open mind, just like I do every uh, beginning of the season. Oh, get out of here. You are the most closed (laughs) off mind I know. Go Angels. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saving that forever. Nicely done. Just repeat it over and over again. For Ben Garcia and Lori Kellstrom, thank you again for showing up, babe. I appreciate you walking out the front door and into the garage to do this. So welcome. I'm Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. Ah!